Hello, Image Bearers. Welcome to the Image Born Life Podcast. I am your host, therapist, and life coach, Tony Lamoria. The Image Born Life is all about pursuing the rescue, redeem, and restore narrative that God has called us to through our salvation in Jesus Christ. We're going to be diving deep into our truth, our purpose, and the identity that we have in Jesus. And we're going to be learning together powerful ways to overcome the myriad of things that keep us from freedom, fulfillment, and victorious living. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. This is the Image Born Life. Hey there, friends and image bearers. Welcome to another episode of the Image Born Life podcast. I'm excited that you're here today, and I'm excited for today's topic, which is fear. That may sound a little weird, but we'll get into that in a second. Hey, first, I want to acknowledge somebody today. Um, yesterday, in the episode that I put out, we talked about thought control, or what we in the Image Born Life Coaching model refer to as redemptive thinking. And I introduced several tools, and one of those tools was PEARL, P-E-A-R-L, which stands for Paradigm, Emotions, Actions, Results, and Legacy. The strength of the PEARL tool is that it focuses on the paradigm at the beginning, not just thoughts, but the paradigm, the worldview that we have when we approach life with. And that may be a little shallow and, and narrow on that definition, but I'm, I'm speaking to it as I understand it. And then at the end also, the legacy, not just the results we have, but the legacy we build over time from applying our paradigm, our worldview to life, and how that affects our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, and the results that we have. In that, I had mentioned that I heard about this tool from Laura Malone, who is a life coach and a teacher of life coaches that I really enjoy listening to and learning from. And what I didn't realize is that she doesn't just use this tool and talk about it, but she created that tool. So Laura Malone, you can check her out on the Christian Life Coach Collective. That's her podcast. So um, I just gave a brief overview about it. If you want to know more, go to the Christian Life Coach Collective. Okay, now on to our topic for today. If you stick around, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about fear, and I'm going to introduce the different types of fear that I've encountered in doing therapy over the years and that I believe are found in Scripture. I'm going to talk about three specific considerations that we need to take into account when dealing with fear, and then I'm going to offer three let's call them tools, okay, or practical engagements that we can take when faced with fear. Now, the thing about fear is that fear is played out in the battlefield of the mind. It really dovetails off of our last episode regarding thought control and redemptive thinking because fear affects our thoughts, and that is where we have to do battle against it. So first of all, what is fear? Well, fear in scripture, it's called anxiety and worry. It is also said that there is a spirit of fear, saying that there is a spirit of fear in broken humanity. But I believe also that there are spiritual realities, because the Bible says there are. And those can also affect fear in our life. So we'll talk about that as a consideration in a little bit. But but I love a line that comes from the Hillsong United song, Not Today. And in that song, it says, fear is just a liar running out of breath. And I love that. 
for two reasons. Number one, fear is a liar. Fear either takes an experience or knowledge from something in the past, whether it's yours or somebody else's, and it projects it onto something in the future. So it's a lie in the sense that that fear, that specific thing that we're worried about, doesn't belong to the thing that we're looking at in the future. It comes from somewhere else. We're just projecting it. Now, there are times in life when we can be in a situation where something bad is actually happening. That is different than a fear of something that hasn't happened, and I'm just assuming or acting like it's going to happen. Okay, The moment that it happens, usually, or the moment that it's done, usually there is no longer fear for that thing. Think about it, even in a car accident, if my car slides on the ice with all my kids in it, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is it, I'm afraid of what's about to happen, my mind is projecting of what's about to happen. I'm going to slam into the wall. I'm going to go off in the ditch. We're going to roll something. My kids and my family, they're freaking out because they've been in a car accident before. So they're projecting a former experience onto the current moment, the current experience, and they're afraid, right? But as soon as I get control and we're off the black ice and we're all good again, the fear abates, it subsides. Now, it might take us a second for our physical to catch up with our brain, for the heart rate to go down, for our breathing to get back to normal, but the fear goes away, all right? And that's important to remember for something we're going to talk about later. We talk about how to deal with our fear. Fear, nonetheless, is usually a lie, something that hasn't happened, and we're projecting it into the future. So what are the different types of fear? So the first one is fear of loss, right? So fear of loss can be any kind of loss. It can be a loss of control. It can be a loss of meaning or significance. It can be even change. Fear of change is ultimately a fear of a loss of control or a loss of of stability or familiarity, right? There can be a fear of loss of reputation. Those are all the different types of lossness that we can experience. And we can be afraid of those things. We can also be afraid of pain. Not one I think is pretty self-explanatory, but some of us fear pain. That's fine. That's a natural reaction. So there's fear of loss. There's fear of pain. The last one I want to point out is fear of evil. Now, just the idea of evil for some people, the reality that there is evil, the presence of evil can scare people. Some people I know have come out of very abusive relationships. They're not necessarily afraid of being abused anymore, but they are afraid of the presence of that person that they would consider evil or the evil intent or the evil capacity of that person still existing. Just the connotation of fear itself for some people equates with evil. So fear of loss, fear of pain, and fear of evil. Those are the three types of fear that I see in the world. You may say something like, well, what about fear of abandonment? I would say that's fear of loss. It could be a fear of loss of control, or it could be a fear of loss of a loved one. But still, that goes back to a fear of loss. So I'm trying to keep it basic and keep it within the parameters of something we can remember. But those are the three, okay? Loss, pain, and evil. Now, I said I had three considerations. And so here's what I want to bring up first. I always want to acknowledge that there are things outside of the scope of life coaching, okay? Sometimes there are realities in this world that need more help than just life coaching. We live in a broken world and sometimes things get more broken. That is the effects of the fall. That's the effects of evil. That's the effects of sin. 
And so the three considerations I have are this. The first one is I want to acknowledge that there are spiritual realities in this world. Right? The Bible says that there are spiritual realities that are allowed to roam for a time under a certain scope of authority. And they've been given a certain scope of authority of their own. And so there are things in this world that can affect fear that I can't explain. And if that's something that's happening, if you have an idea that there is a spiritual kind of presence that's causing fear for you, and I would say that you would know this is because there's a sense of fear that always happens in a certain place or maybe at a certain time or around a certain person. If the Spirit of God lives inside of us, the Scripture is very clear to say that that can't coexist in the same place with the Holy Spirit, right? But they can still be in our environment. They can still come around. And we, in our maybe undisciplined ignorance sometimes, can put ourselves in environments where we can be affected by those things in the environment. Again, they can't be in us, but they can affect us, all right? And that can be a reality. So if that's something that you think might be going on for you in your life, then I want to say you need to go talk to somebody that you believe is mature and understands those things. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a spiritual mentor. Maybe it's a ministry leader or, or something. But somebody who you can speak to about that and that you can pray with over that. Okay? So that's the first consideration. The second consideration I have concerning fear is that some fear can be trauma-related. And what I mean by trauma-related is that in trauma, we know that our brain and our body connection and that the neurons in our mind can be rewired. Some things can be disconnected and rewired. And so our mind and our body connection, our sensory input from our body and our brain, they're not connected the same way they were, they used to be. And certain parts of our brain that are supposed to communicate with each other in a certain way, they don't do that correctly anymore in certain situations. And so if trauma has occurred and has affected that in, in you or in anyone you know, key to that might be that somebody is experiencing visceral symptoms of fear. Like they're experiencing some physical feeling in their body. Those things that we call like knots in the stomach or butterflies in the stomach or certain kinds of panic. But there's not necessarily any specific targeted thought that, that generates that or that they're aware of. And maybe it sets in motion a whole bunch of thoughts, but there's nothing that they can pinpoint as to why that panic or that fear is being experienced, those visceral feelings. So if that's the case, I want to acknowledge that that's a reality for many of us too. And you need to seek help for that, right? That's not a life coaching issue. That is a healing issue. And a healing issue usually means therapy, right? We're going to go back and we're going to deal with something. So that's the second consideration I have for fear. The third consideration I have is the one that's pertinent to us as life coaching, right? When we're thinking about life coaching, we're thinking about, I, you know, I'm not being affected by it in a traumatic way or in a spiritual sense, but I do experience fear and my thoughts run away sometimes. And I just want to get this under control. That can have to do with anxiety or just worry. And the Bible talks very clearly about some of those things. This last consideration is the one I want to focus on for the rest of our time. And Here's the consideration. Fear is a thought issue. The mind is the battlefield for fear, but the spirit is the warrior or the force that's on that battlefield. All right? Let me say this again because this is really important. It's something that distinguishes our Christian paradigm over a secular paradigm of how to deal with fear. The mind is the battlefield, but the spirit is the warrior 
or the force that's on that battlefield. It's not just better discipline and thought control. It's the spirit. The reason I say this is because once we are redeemed, once we become Christians, it says we receive the spirit of sonship. We receive the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in us in some unfathomable, mysterious way. And we are now a new creation. But we are told that we have to do some of the work, and this is our sanctification, our growing process of putting off the old and putting on the new. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says about us that we no longer have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And then 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is so powerful. The rest of Chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians is talking about being bold and having courage and being encouraged. So when we get to this part that says, and where the Spirit of the Lord is that's inside of you, there is freedom. That's so powerful and freeing for us. But here's the deal. It's talking about the spiritual power we have. It's not talking about thought control. Even when Romans 12.2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern the perfect good and pleasing will of God. It's not saying that you have to exert more discipline in yourself. Thought It's saying because now you are redeemed, you have the ability to offer all of yourself up in the power of that spirit. And this is an acceptable sacrifice for you to offer yourself up, but offer up your, your thoughts and your minds through the power of the spirit. Right, talking to redeemed individuals. And we can do that because we have the spiritual reality inside of us. So how does that help me, Tony? Well, it helps because I can now look at this fight against fear, not as one of trying to get my thoughts under control and trying to, you know, figure out how when I lay my head on my pillow at night, because that's always the hardest time for me, guys. I don't know about you, but the hardest time for me is when when I'm done with the day and I want to go to sleep and I want to shut my brain down. That's when anxieties hit me. That's when worry hits me. That's when thoughts of fear hit me. And it's very hard to try to shut off your brain so you can go to sleep and at the same time combat thoughts of fear and anxiety. So if I reframe this though and say, it's not a thought battle, it's a spiritual battle. I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of sonship. So I go back to my truth, my purpose, and my identity, right? And I was created to glorify God and he loves me and he has a purpose and a plan for my life. And I have a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. So now my prayer is, God, I, I need to go to sleep. And you know that, and you know what's going on, you know all these thoughts, but I don't know how to stop this. The spirit of fear is the one that's giving me thoughts. I need to find the thoughts that are from your spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I need that sound mind right now. And I'm focused just in that prayer. Do you see where your mind just went? You were listening to my thoughts about having a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind, and we were distracted momentarily from the thoughts of fear and anxiety that maybe you even had in your mind when I brought this whole topic up. And that's the point. It becomes a spiritual battle. I'm going to focus on allowing my spirit to be brave and to be vulnerable and to trust God's work in that, my truth, my purpose, and my identity. And then that rescue, redeem, and restore narrative. 
I need to be rescued by thinking on this truth, this reality about who I am and who God is. I need to redeem the moment by saying, this isn't a thought battle for me. This is a spiritual battle. That's the force that's going to combat this. That's the force that's going to win. There is a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind available to me. I need to let that do its work. Father, Holy Spirit, please bring that to bear. Please bring that up and help me. And then the redemptive part of this narrative, right? What is it that needs to be redeemed? Where is this story going haywater? What's causing this anxiety? Well, I, I don't know what your specific situation is, but I want to encourage you to find again God's design, what you know to be God's design. He loves you. He wants only the best for you. He, he has promised to be with us and never to forsake us. That doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen. It doesn't mean that hard things aren't going to happen as consequences of my earlier poor decisions but he's still there with me. And I know that as soon as something difficult happens and is over, the fear usually abates. So fear isn't something to be afraid of. It's something that needs to be afraid of me and the spirit of power that lives inside of me. You are just a liar running out of breath. You're trying to antagonize me and you're trying to get me to believe in you more than I believe in God. By the way, that's one of our tools. Do you ever find that you're believing in the broken world? You have more faith in the brokenness of somebody else. You have more faith in the brokenness of your circumstances. You have more faith in your own brokenness and the the consequences of your sin than you do in the redemptive, real presence of your Father and your Savior in your life. Their desire to transform and redeem and change everything and to bring you along with that change. Do you believe in the bad more than you believe in the good? Do you believe in the world's testimony more than God's testimony? That's the design that we need to get back to. God's design, his truth, his reality. Okay, so that's a little bit how we would apply again the TPI, Truth, Purpose, and Identity, and the RRR. I should maybe start calling it R-cubed, right? The Rescue, Redeem, Restore Narrative in this situation. But I said I would give you three tools. And so here's where I want to kind of wrap up this little discussion on fear. Now, again, under the considerations, those first two considerations of real spiritual presence that brings fear and real trauma-related fear, those need to be dealt with in a different way. And you need to seek help for those, okay? But if it's just this fear we're talking about, that's like anxiety and worry, and I want to get my just ruminating thoughts under control, then here's here's three things I want to say that have been developed over time. They work in therapy, they work in life coaching, and they are not opposed to scripture, okay? The first one is face your fears. Scripture tells us over and over again, be of great courage. Have I not commanded you, be courageous. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So have courage. Just over and over again, have no fear. Now, he's not saying that it's wrong for us to have fear. But he's saying, don't live that way. Don't act that way. Trust me. Do it my way. Live courageously. You are an image bearer, my friend. You have been redeemed and you've been created, recreated, I should say, reborn with his spirit inside of you to face the realities of this world. And the gates of hell will not persevere against the power that you are now a part of. The power that lives inside of you and the power of his church, which you're a part of. That's what I was referring to. All right? That's what lives inside of you. That's your reality. Live courageously. As you live courageously, as you face your fears, 
if it's safe, I should have said that, and I apologize. If it's possible for you to, and if it's safe for you to, maybe you need somebody there with you or you need some resource to face the specific fears in your life. Face your fears if possible and if safe. Live courageously and allow that redemptive act of trust and faith to transform you and to transform the world in which you live. All right, so face your fears. That's number one. Number two, here's a second tool. Look at the evidence. This goes back to the truth and purpose and identity and the rescue, redeem, restore. We usually fear things that aren't true, that aren't real, that haven't happened. Look at the evidence of your life. What is the truth about you? What is the truth about your God? What is the truth about your situation? And maybe the thing that you're afraid of, maybe it is going to happen. But what are you telling yourself about that result? So what if it happens? Maybe it damages your reputation. Maybe it sets you back a little bit. Maybe it affects your resources, such as your financial resources, or maybe you have to lose some things. But regardless of those things, that is not the end of the world. To start over is not the end. To have to be humbled is not the end. To be remade into the image of our creator is not anywhere close to the end. It's actually the beginning. And maybe something difficult is going to happen. But look at what you're telling yourself it means. And overcome and redeem that narrative in your mind. Look to what restoration of that narrative would look like and start working towards that despite what might be going to happen. All right? So look at the true evidence that's there. Reclaim it. Make it obedient to Christ, the thoughts that are in your mind about that evidence, and then work from there. All right? So we've got face your fears. We've got look at the evidence. And then the last one is, balance the basics. All right. I find in working with people and in my own life, if I focus on balancing the basics of my life, living a balanced life, then whatever comes against me has less detrimental effect if my life is in balance. And so this is something I have to tend to all the time, but especially if fear kind of catches me off guard and I'm finding myself anxious, I'm going to recommend that we get back to the basics. And here's the basics. This is a tool that I created. It's very simple. Uh, Somebody else created spies a long time ago, which was spiritual, physical, intellectual, emotional, and social. I just throw in the middle of there something that's so unique to each one of us that it deserves its own. And that's C for creative. So it's spices. The spiritual aspect of your life, the physical aspect of your life, the intellectual aspect of your life, the creative aspect, the emotional aspect, and the social aspect. If I focus on keeping those parts of my life in balance as much as possible, it's never going to be fully imbalanced. But if I tend to them on purpose, intentionally, and I try to focus on how those things are growing in my life and how those are being held together, then I'm, number one, in more control of my holistic life because that's my holistic humanity. I'm intentional about doing it. And now if something comes into any one of those, because I'm more balanced, I'm going to respond from a more balanced and a healthier, stronger place to whatever comes against me, including anxieties, worries, and fear. Um, I hope it helps a little bit. Guys, what we've talked about today is fear, all right? And basically fear is something that takes place in our mind, but the spirit is the warrior or the force that does the battling. And that's where we need to put our focus. And if we put our focus there and we try to live courageously, allowing the spirit and the power that's inside of us to do its work, focusing on that, 
we look at the evidence and we, we tell ourselves the truth, we redeem the narrative that's going on there, and we balance the basics, I truly believe from my own experience and from helping other people and them responding positively to this, that we can have a huge effect on the battlefield of our mind where anxiety, worry, and fear tries to knock us down. All right, friends, that's it for today. I look forward to speaking with you again next time. But until then, let me encourage you, go out and bear the image as only you can.